0: Por cantar amor y esperar que todo es amo por vivir y que no te encuentro a la pena. Yo te di un amor en el turno de mía. Yo te di en el punto de mi vida, por gentil, recuerda de noche de día. Yo te di.
1: water is cleaner. Through the continuous CRP sign-up, I
2: planted trees and installed a fence to keep my cattle out of the stream. The program paid a percentage of my costs and helped me pay for installing a livestock watering device. With buffers, I protect my livestock and the water for folks downstream. Could buffers work for you? Call your Natural Resources Conservation Service, working with private landowners to make a difference.
1: Okay. All right, uh, let's get to some of the news. We've got our Occupy Updates Daily. Uh, Well, we haven't said, uh, are you ready for the end of the world yet, though, so let's do that. Are you ready for the end of the world? (laughs) This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. You know what? Let's bring back the circle again, circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up, be healthy and therefore wealthy, to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You're listening to your community spirit here on 91.1 FM, community radio for Southern Illinois. And beyond. And beyond. Good. The world, the yeah. galaxy, the apparently, multiverse.
2: Apparently we go out on the internet.
1: Yeah, I've heard legends of people in other countries listening to us.
2: Legends. All right, this is Orda Energy Mon. We are listening... Hopefully we're listening. The collective, hopefully you're listening, right? Um, Today happens to be May 25th, and let's talk about some Occupy news. Over the weekend, um, there was a bunch of Occupy stuff happening in Chicago, I understood.
1: Yeah. Pretty busy weekend. Uh, So we've got uh, Occupy stuff for that. Uh, Let's see. But first, let's get to some Occupy news from uh, elsewhere around the country. Uh, Occupy Wall Street is still angry about uh, New York City's blatant destruction of the many books they had in their people's library, and rightfully so. The occupiers have officially filed a lawsuit against the city, alleging almost $50,000 worth of destroyed books, computers, uh, and other equipment as of today. Many of the books were returned to the group, but were in an unusable condition, while others still were never returned.
2: A book in an unusable condition, that takes a lot of work.
1: <laughs> yeah, it takes some abuse.
2: Occupy some. Oakland is protesting over the city's decision to ban all shield-type structures and other items such as hammers, poles, and paint balloons. They say they need the shields as protection from police, but the city disagrees. Officials are working on passing the ban, which would make it a misdemeanor even to be seen with any o- other... Um, items mentioned during a protest. This could result in a $1,000 fine and or six months in jail. What happens if you're just walking by carrying, well, it says paint balloons. I guess not just regular balloons, but balloons filled with paint.
1: Yeah. You can't be sure what's in the balloons, though, until you pop them. That's true. (laughs) Okay, so let's see. Uh, In other news... Recently released documents are proving to everyone what occupiers knew all along. There's a highly coordinated effort to keep an eye on, as well as squash part of the Occupy movement as a whole. According to one expert, the national government is surveilling Occupy like they have never been seen before. A quote from the article says that the documents, quote, "...reveal a glimpse into the interior of a vast tentacle national intelligence and domestic spying network," that the U.S. government operates against its own people. It's good to know that's what my tax dollars are going for. Well,
2: I mean, there's nothing else for them to spy on, so they might <laughs> as well practice. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's imagine being a, what do you call it, a law enforcement guy and just like, ooh, 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 <laughs> I get to finally put all that stuff I learned to work. Yeah, I get to spy. Without leaving the country. It's <laughs> It's completely safe. I'm not going to be in danger. You know, my people aren't going to hurt me, you know. So I, let me put all this stuff to practice before I go, you know, spy on someone in another country.
1: Yeah. And then they have so much fun, they may not even have to go to the other countries. They oh, just do it true. here permanently.
2: <laughs> Over in London, the National Energy Board has proved that they are quite afraid of Occupy. They are preparing for a hearing involving the oil sands of Alberta by making it close to the public an unusual step for the group. The only groups allowed into the meeting will be those who previously applied to attend. All others will be only allowed to ve- view via live webcast. So, it's May is um, Bike to Work Month, right? So yeah. I thought let's talk about a few different biking things.
1: Yeah, some so. biking news. So let's start with uh, Women on Wheels. Uh, the women- new sexy. Women on on Wheels is a new guide for girls on bikes. Uh, It's a handbook and how-to manual for city cyclists. Uh, It was written by uh, Treehuggers writer April Streeter, and it's a pocket-sized, friendly little book. Uh, She's she's an avid and regular cyclist, both in Europe and in Portland. Uh, She wanted to turn everyone on to the joys of city cycling, and this practical little book is a call to action. April Streeter has created this little guide that that provides confidence, uh, building, and encouragement for new women riders. It's a feminist take on cycling, and as such, an important addition to many books on the subject.
2: And it's not just about what to wear and how to keep your hair nice, although there is some good advice on those subjects, too. There's information about buying your first bicycle, finding a shop, you know, usually an independent dealer where you can feel comfortable, that isn't too macho and... Will give you good service and proper attention, and you know choosing the right bicycle for your lifestyle is very important. And um, America loves cycling gear, but for her it's not a necessity. All you really need is a good raincoat, a good um, rain pants, and a large scarf. If um, let's see, tights are a girl's best friend too. They keep you warm and don't reveal too much of anything. If your shortest skirt. Your skirt is too short. Huh. Like that was one thing I noticed in Europe is um, bicyclists. I mean, in the U.S. it's probably like one female to like three males, but in Europe it was about fifty-fifty. And the women, it was like they were going to work, they were going to parties. I mean, i I saw ladies in you know full-length gowns riding bicycles. Huh.
0: You
2: know, well, once, but. Full-length skirts, definitely. Yeah. They're completely dressed up as if they were going places, and they were.
1: And they know. were. that was their car, you yeah, know. That
2: was their vehicle, and they didn't think anything of, you know, hopping on the bicycle and going. Yeah. So I well, actually did see a few people in high heels, but most of them, like, would w- wear, like, you know, regular shoes, and then when they got there, take out of their bag and swap shoes.
1: Yeah. Because so. <laughs> I'm sure bicycling in high heels is not a good plan. <laughs> so... But yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad they have a guide like that because, I mean, I, I know enough women cyclists that I think of it as like a male activity, but I know there's, I guess among some people, that's stereotype. so it's good to have a book out there like that. In other cycling news, high school seniors suspended for biking to school. Oh, those biker rebels. <laughs> uh, on Monday, uh, 64 uh, High Hill High School seniors biked to school in Walker, Michigan. That's pretty nice, right? Well, the principal didn't think so. She suspended the kids for the day and threatened to keep them from walking in their graduation ceremony. Uh, this this is a strange story. Uh, the group was conceived as a less destructive alternative to the traditional vandalize the school, get everyone out of class brand of senior pranks. So it
2: was actually a senior prank.
1: Yeah. But... It's a senior prank to uh, bike to school instead of uh, driving and taking in the bus and all that.
2: Well, I mean, the, why would a bunch of people riding their bikes to school be considered a prank.
1: I don't know. Uh, you know? Yeah.
2: I mean, why would that be You know, considered a prank instead of just a typical school day? <laughs> I mean, so literally these kids deserve praise for the simple fact that they were doing a group activity that's, well, healthy for them, the planet, and the community instead of just
1: yeah. you know,
2: some kind of prank.
1: Yeah, because it's it's like a double initiative on their part. Not only did they not do anything destructive... They did something productive. They're really ahead of the game. Which is probably why the, the principal was yelling at them, you know, trying to keep them down.
2: <laughs> they actually got some praise. The, the mayor even showed up to hand out donuts. Here, you're doing healthy things. Take some donuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, the principal actually had a major freakout and sent the kids back home. Now, someone with a cell phone actually captured her panicking over the risk the students took. Here's what she said. Quote, if you and your parents didn't have enough sense even to know your brains would end up splattered on Three Mile and Kinley Fruit Ridge, then maybe that's my responsibility, she has heard telling students on the cell phone video obtained by the local news channel. Now, the kids were actually very safe because they actually had a police escort <laughs> to school. Yeah. I mean, the worst consequences of the biking were some traffic delays, which made some teachers and students, not the bikers, late to school. Yeah. You know, because... Um, but it didn't. There wasn't like this all-out chaos of you know typical pranks. So, but it is sad in its own way that a small sport portion of the school students, for them to arrive safely by bike, they needed a police (laughs) escort. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and and then actually the fact that they had a a safe, sustainable, healthy mayor-approved activity. And they got punished for it. You
1: know? uh, yeah. Now, so, apparently, supposedly, the principal apologized later for freaking out. But uh, it, it's rare for a, a high school to have video evidence of their, the fact that their principal is insane.
2: <laughs> well, it's going to happen more and more now with these... Yeah. What do you call it?
1: Well, usually, if, if, if it's just in the school and they, they, t- you know, they record it with their cell phone... It's all phone, like it's confiscated, you know. But now it's public for all the the world well, to see. Wonder, <laughs> I wonder,
2: you know, you are allowed to film people on public property. Is a public school considered public property?
1: Oh, they probably. I'm sure they can stop you from uh, filming there. <laughs>
2: I'm just saying. I mean, you. I mean, you are allowed to film anybody, you know, even the police, even things that are super secret <laughs> if it's in public. You yeah. Know. You can't film from public into private.
1: Yeah, well, people who are still in high school will attest to the fact that principals have more power than law enforcement agents. <laughs> <laughs> they, they detain you in the office. They take away your stuff. You know, they don't need a warrant. It's, it's, they, 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 they don't give human rights to uh, high school students. Hmm. Not yet, anyway, in the U.S.
2: Well, anywhere?
1: Yeah, I've heard that some countries, you know, in the developed world, have rights for for teenagers, but <laughs> in the developed
2: world, <laughs> that's yeah, messed up. <laughs> so, all right, climate change is frying our cities, maybe even frying our brains. It's supposed huh. to be over a hundred this weekend. Yep. A recent recently there was a new report from the National what, what NRDC? What was that? National Research.
1: Yeah, like nas- Re- National Resource Defense Council. There you so. go.
2: The National Resource Defense Council found that thanks to climate change, most American cities will be seeing an exponential uptick. That's an uptick in health-related deaths. This actually shouldn't come as much of a shocker. As the world heats up, more people will perish from heat-related deaths. The report called Killer Heat. Um, What kind of report is called Killer Heat? Usually when they come out with the report it's like this big long thing like <laughs> yeah, the consequences the... of climate change on a urban area in the heat affected something. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, <laughs> well maybe they just get they've read so many reports with those titles they've gotten tired of it and they just killer heat.
2: <laughs> okay, the report finds out that quote more than 150,000 Americans could die by the end of the century due to the excessive heat caused by climate change. And that's certainly a pretty horrifying wide lens impact. I mean Um, I actually remember people dying in 1999 because the power went out Mm. in a heat wave in Chicago.
1: Yeah, I remember that too.
2: And that's actually how the Clean Energy Community Foundation got set up to, they got, um, basically the city of Chicago said, Commonwealth Edison, you didn't, you breached our contract with you and they, they essentially fined them and they set up a clean energy foundation with the money that they won from the fine. So, uh,
1: sorry about that yeah so that was me fixing my laptop <laughs>
2: <laughs> sorry. um it's hot and it'll get hotter 37 of 40 sti- cities studied would see increases in heat related deaths and the hardest hit would actually be louisville detroit and cleveland researchers found out so the average number of deaths Um, was 39 per summer from 1975 to 2004 in Louisville. But they're expected to rise to 257 per summer by mid-century. So um, if you would like to read the whole article, well, you must get our newsletter. But regardless, it's a fairly grim prognosis with approximately 33,000 additional heat-related deaths by mid-century and then more than 150 by the century's end. Yeah. So be prepared, um, maybe by moving to the country. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like,
1: well, that's why it aggravates me when I've heard some people be like, you know, oh, you know, global warming, we'll have nicer winters. You know, winter's not going to be so bad. It's They don't think about the summers and all the extra deaths and all the disastrous possibilities. So that's a very important point. Well, why report.
2: would I think? I mean, if I think about it, I'll, like, flip, flip my lid. <laughs> yeah. So I have to think about that, you know, Global warming will mean that the whole world will become a beach resort. I have to think that, otherwise, <laughs> I'm going to walk outside this weekend and say, "Man, my brain is on fire."
1: Yeah,
2: so, and <laughs> and I even, will do. I mean,
1: even worse, you might say, "Are you, man? My brain's on fire. I might have to do something about this." Oh
2: well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. All right, let, let's see some other news, though. Uh, Swapomatic vending machine lets you trade, but not buy. What?
2: What a vending machine that doesn't allow you to buy things. <laughs> yeah, I thought they, you know, existed only to sell things.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, this vending machine is, uh, uh, it's called the Swapomatic,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and it won't it won't accept any money, no matter how flat and crisp the bill. It's really more of a bartering machine. You deposit one item and take another, or accept a credit to grab something later on. Uh, now they, they've let's see. Uh, not only does the idea promote the use of anything that can fit in a box that's about a cubic foot, it delivers a much-needed rebuke of consumerism that's fun as well as convenience. Now, that's interesting to think about because there's no sort of, like, uh, I guess, regulation on what you're doing. You just have to, be, you know, have try to make an honest trade. But it's, it's interesting to see how it goes.
2: And she's actually launched a Kickstarter campaign to raise... Um, money and plans to let supporters determine the locations of the hopefully ultimately install five more of these machines and um, if you love this idea consider pledging and then vote for where you want to get swapping get swapping with the swap o <laughs> yes the swap o i want to say five thousand but um los angeles becomes the largest u.s city to ban plastic bags That's right. In a historic vote last Wednesday, the L.A. City Council voted overwhelmingly to enact the ban on plastic bags, becoming the largest city in the United States to push towards more eco-friendly alternatives. Under the measure, passed 13 to 1, stores throughout L.A. will be required to phase out the bags by the end of the year. Man, they're not giving them much options. Six months, you must ban them. Um, Now... The ban is set to keep a whopping 2.7 billion, that's with a B, billion plastic bags used each year out of the trash, or worse, of course, littering the city's streets and waterways. So this is a historic vote. Mm -hmm. It becomes the 48th city in California to to do away with the bags, but, of course, the largest city in the U.S. So I would never expect L.A. to do that. I expect some of those other liberal cities to do it, but LA <laughs> I mean, well, a lot of cities are doing it cuz they're actually figuring out how much it costs them to literally just pick up the bags yeah. that are laying around that they they figure out the man hours like how many bags do we pick up? How many dollars does it cost us to pick it up? And then of course, you know, transport it to the landfill. Yeah. And they figured it, I mean,
1: and they're probably filling up those landfills too, right. so
2: It was like I don't remember exactly, but I remember reading an article about San Francisco that it was almost $200,000 a year costing the city to collect and trash all the bags they collected in the streets. So.
0: Hmm.
1: All right, let's see. Should we get to some holidays and happenings?
2: Well, I want to talk about the Congress raising its middle finger to young oh, yeah. bicyclists.
1: Got one more there about
2: bicycles. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a small federal program is punching holes through the unsafe barricade of freeways, busy roads, and rush drivers that surrounds the nation's schools. Uh, yet despite the program's success, Congress is now threatening to terminate it. Uh, not to save money, but to redirect its funds towards more car-centric infrastructure. What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, in 2005, Congress initiated a Safe Routes to School National Partnership. Uh, this program coordinates infrastructure improvements across the country to make walking and biking to school safer and more practical. Uh, it's, it's been a successful program, but uh, testifying to Congress about a pilot pro- project, Director Deb Hubsmith stated, In only two years, we documented a 64% increase in the number of children walking, increase in the number of students biking, and a 91% increase in the number of students carpooling. And a 39% decrease in the number of children arriving by private car. So it's an effective program, but uh, Congress wants to spend the money on uh, car car initiatives, like car infrastructure, rather than on biking and and walking.
2: I mean, essentially, if they're serious about cutting costs, it's just going to have to stand up to the thirsty car culture lobbies. And then, you know, back the infrastructure that, well, supports our youth, oh. you know? Yeah. Infrastructure yeah. that actually pays durable dividends. So.
1: Yeah. Because that's one of those multiple benefit programs, you know, like it it encourages health for, for young people. It decreases the amount of CO2 going into the air. All these benefits.
2: Yeah, I, I w- I'm getting ready to... Um, I came across a quote, let's have a moment of silence for all the people stuck in traffic driving to the gym so they could go ride their stationary
0: bicycles.
2: (laughs) Today is Friday the 25th of May and today is National Missing Children's Day, National Senior Health and Fitness Day and National Tap Dance Day as well as Towel Day.
1: Yes. And it's towel day because of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's see. We've got coming up on uh, Saturday uh, the birthday of Sally Ride, the astronaut, and John Wayne, the actor.
2: Sunday is National Wig Out Day. Yes, you too can have a day to wig out. <laughs> the anniversary of the cellophane tape. Also Otherwise, a
1: cellophane tape. <laughs>
2: uh, what a, um. I have to try to learn how to pronounce that because everybody says it by its brand name.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, there's I, I almost said it when you said that. <laughs> it's yeah. It's just like... yeah, cellophane
2: tape. Cellophane tape. Yeah, it's an that's... O, though. It shouldn't be cellophane?
1: Yeah, it's well, it's it's an ah, uh, it's the schwa. It's, <laughs> it's
2: like... A lot in
1: English, a lot of vowels get turned into just this uh sound because people are too lazy to pronounce the full vowel. <laughs> All
2: right, we better get going. Um... Yeah.
1: It's also on uh, coming up we've got International Jazz Day, coming up on Monday. Also got uh, the anniversary of Amnesty International, a very auspicious day.
2: All right. Thursday is What You Think Upon Grows Day and World No Tobacco Day. All right, let's get into some happenings. Um, tonight at the Gaia House Interface Center, the International Slow Food Dinner is a special treat. A Puerto Rican-style rice and spice celebrates the richness of Puerto Rican food culture and love for Spanish music. The celebration has no separation. The cooking, the Spanish language, the music, and dancing all meshed together into one seamless, ongoing celebration. Um, man, there's a lot of good food. Look at all that food. And, of course, the salsa dance party afterwards. Anyway, come 6 o'clock for cooking, probably around 8 for eating, 9 for salsa lessons, 10 for salsa dancing. Mm -hmm. That's tonight.
1: Yes, tonight. And also tonight, some uh, festivities, the Friday Night Fair happens from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on the Town Square in Carbondale. That's on the corner of 51 North and 13 West, also known as Illinois and Maine.
2: Another event today is the Crab Orchard Wildlife Refuge Campfire Program at 7 p.m. Bring a chair and some marshmallows, and it happens at the Crab Orchard Campground.
1: Yes, and also Habitat for Humanity uh, happening at 2035 Hortense Streets. Uh, uh, They're going to be from 8 a.m. and stop at noon.
2: Do you have any chemicals sitting around that you didn't know what you needed to do with them? You know you can't throw them away. Well, Hazardous Household Waste Collection, Saturday, the 2nd of June, from 8 a.m. at the SIU Arena South Parking Lot. This free collection is open to all Illinois residents. For more information, go to recyclejacksoncounty.org to see the list of things you can recycle and can't recycle. Yeah. Like, you can't recycle... um, Rate, what do you call it? Smoke detectors, because it's actually got a small amount of nuclear waste in it.
1: Yeah, it does. So you can. Yeah, <laughs> I was
2: just like oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I read that. I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So
1: hazardous waste taken care of. It's very important. Uh, real life superhero Phoenix Jones just helped uh, track down some hazardous waste and get it removed from a community in Seattle. So you do. can you can be a superhero and get rid of hazardous waste in our community.
2: <laughs> um, if you would like to have your happening happening. Happening Happen, please send it to the happening guys at info at yourcommunityspirit.org and we will announce it right here on the radio, Your Community Spirit.
1: See you next week.
2: On the radio.